Today's reading is a lengthy one. In fact, it has uh, six different people or groups in it. And if you count the narrator, that's seven. So please follow in the Bibles in front of you, page 1075. As Jesus went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spat on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened? they demanded. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud, put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man? they asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees the man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, How can a sinner do such miraculous signs? So they were divided. Finally, they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, He is a prophet. The Jews still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? they asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But how he can see now, or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jews. For already the Jews had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Christ would be put out of the synagogue. This was why his parents said, He is of age, ask him. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, Whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind but now I see. Then they asked him, What did he do? How did he open your eyes? He answered, 
I've told you already and you didn't listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, We, sorry, you are this fellow's disciples. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses, but as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, Now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly man who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Some of the Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What? Are we blind too? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and his sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus again said, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All whoever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also, 
they too will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. At these words, the Jews were again divided. Many of them said, He is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, This is not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? This is God's word. Morning, my name's Simon, one of the apprentices here. And before we begin, shall we pray? Father, please open our eyes, Lord, to see wonderful things from your law. Amen. So we face lots of voices in life. Whose voice will we listen to? So I guess if you read the weekend papers today, we'd be told, you know, the top ten summer holiday destinations we must visit this summer. Or perhaps the adverts will try and show us what life to the full will look like, that glamorous lifestyle, the cars, the jewellery. Or perhaps the opinion page will offer us uh, a range of, I guess, moral, educated, political opinions. Or perhaps the friendly, smiling Jehovah's Witness who knocks on our door or offers us magazines at the tube about, quote, what the Bible really teaches. Or perhaps the close Muslim friend or colleague who wants us to see how they believe we worship the same God as them. So we face lots of voices in life. Whose voice will we listen to? And so today in chapter 10, we're listening in on a conversation. We're eavesdropping in on a conversation between three people. Jesus, a group of religious leaders called Pharisees, and a man. And this man, he'd been born blind, so he'd never seen until in chapter 9, he met Jesus, as we just had read out to us. He met Jesus, and Jesus did something very odd. He spat on the ground, made some mud, and put it on the man's eyes. The man went to the pool, washed it off, and for the first time in his life, he could see. But all this had happened on the Sabbath. And so these religious leaders, these Pharisees, think, what's going on here? This guy, Jesus, is breaking the Sabbath. And so they conclude he is certainly not from God. And so they try to get this man, I guess this ex-blind man, to say the same about Jesus, that he's not from God. And these Pharisees, they decided that anyone who said that Jesus was the Son of God, that he was the Christ would be kicked out of the synagogue. Okay, back then, that was seriously bad news. That meant social ostracism, uh, being kicked out of the inner circle, the who's who of society. No one wanted that. And so these Pharisees, they challenged this man to say that Jesus, actually, he's a bad guy. He's an imposter. But actually, the man replied, well, he's come from God. Who could do what he just did? And so he's thrown out of the synagogue. So this man, he's believed in Jesus, and on the one hand, his life's got a heck of a lot better. He can see. But it's come at a cost. 
he's been kicked out of the synagogue. So Jesus turns now and he speaks to these Pharisees. And while this man, he's listening in and he tells them a parable, a story with a meaning. Um, Have a look with me again at chapter 10 and verse 1 on page 1076. 1076, chapter 10 and verse 1. This is his parable to them. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opened the gate, opens the gate for him, and, he, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him, because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him, because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech. They didn't understand what he was telling them. So they don't get it. And so he explains to them what he meant in this parable. And that's really the rest, verses 7 to 18. So today we're going to look at verses 7 to 10, next week, verse 11 onwards. So the picture Jesus gives is of a flock of sheep in a pen. The sheep, they represent this ex-blind man who believes in Jesus. The sheep represent anyone who believes in Jesus, anyone who today is a Christian. And Jesus says that there are two types of people who are after this sheep. Two types of people. The first, he says, are thieves and robbers who come to kill and destroy. And the second is the good shepherd or the gate who comes to save and give life. And we're going to look at those two groups this morning. Uh, So firstly, the thieves who destroy. Thieves who destroy. Have a look with me at verse 1 again, please. Chapter 10, verse 1. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. So this is how we identify the thieves and robbers. They don't come through the gate of the field. They don't come in through the proper way. Instead, they hop over the fence round the back. And Jesus says this is how we can identify who these thieves and robbers are. They are people who don't come in through the gate. And have a look at me, please, at verse 7. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. So Jesus is the gate. Thieves are people who don't enter into this flock by believing in Jesus. They don't come in the way they should through Jesus, but instead they've hopped over the fence. It's just like these Pharisees Jesus is speaking to. So they might be trying to influence the flock, this man, but they haven't come into the sheep pen by the gate and they don't believe that Jesus is the Christ. They've hopped in over the fence, they've climbed in by another way and that is how this man is to know who they are whether or not they've entered through Jesus. And Jesus tells tells us what these thieves and robbers are trying to do in verse 8. Verse 8. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. 
listen to them. So it's their words that are dangerous. It's what they're saying to these sheep. And then have a look with me, please, at verse 4. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So basically, what these thieves are saying to the sheep is, come on, follow me. So they want to lead these sheep away from the shepherd. And it's exactly what these Pharisees are doing to this man. So it's their words which are dangerous. It's their words which are telling him, don't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. They're saying, how dare you believe in Jesus? They're even telling him, give glory to God by not thinking he's like this. So it's their words that are threatening him. It's their words that are threatening to kick him out of the synagogue. And actually, Jesus tells us where these words will end up taking them. Verse 10. Verse 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. So this thief who's calling the sheep wants to lead the sheep out of the pen and over a cliff. Jesus says the thief wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And for these Pharisees, these religious leaders, this is where their words will lead these sheep to death, destruction. If he believes them and distances himself from Jesus, that's where it will lead him, spiritual death and destruction. So thieves and robbers, they are identified by not entering through the gate. They don't have true faith in Christ. And it's their words that are dangerous. They lead the sheep away from faith into destruction. So for us today, it means that we must expect thieves and robbers. Jesus is telling us that this is a real category of people. It was then, it is now. And Jesus tells us this so that we're not naive on it. He wants us to be safe from them and safe from the destruction they want to bring. So we must expect this. And two, he wants us to know how to identify them so that they climb in by another way. They don't enter in by the gate. They don't enter in by Jesus. So it means these thieves and robbers, they probably won't look like thieves and robbers. They won't have a swag bag or wear a mask or anything like that or a balaclava. Actually, think about it. These Pharisees, they look really respectable. Weren't they, you know, the pillars of society? I'm sure if we'd met them, they would have been sweet and charming and nice. And these Pharisees, they genuinely think that they're right. As I'm sure there are people in this country's religious establishments all over um, who are thieves and robbers. There will be lovely, nice people and may even be celebrated by the media, have thousands of followers on Twitter, have written books. They may well be convinced that they are right, but if they haven't entered by the gate, by true faith in Christ, then they are thieves and robbers. And actually, it's what they're saying, isn't it, that's dangerous to these sheep. So if they're followed, actually, people's Christian lives will be shipwrecked. And so the sheep... They just don't want to go near them. I find it really striking how Jesus talks about it in verse 5. He says, they will never follow a stranger. 
other parts of scriptures, we have big warnings about not following this type of person. But here, Jesus just says very matter-of-factly, well, they won't. They won't want to. The sheep won't recognize his voice, and so he won't follow him. He doesn't want to be destroyed or stolen. So I hope today, as we listen to Jesus, that we don't want to follow these thieves who destroy, and that we know how to identify them, and we know that they exist. So thieves who destroy don't enter by the gate. And secondly, let's look at the gate who saves. The gate who saves. So Jesus is the gate. Have a look at me, please, at verse 7. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. And verse 9, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. So Jesus is the way into this pen. He is the way into God's flock, to God's kingdom, God's people. Jesus is the gate to enter, to become a Christian. And this blind man, he's found the door. And actually his very simple faith in Jesus is entering through that gate. And did you notice as well in the parable how the shepherd Jesus is listened to? So Jesus is very happy to mix his metaphors. He's saying he's both the gate and he's also the shepherd who leads. So have a look me please at verse 3. Verse 3, the watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. So the shepherd calls the sheep to follow him. And they follow him. That's the call of the shepherd. Follow me. And that's so often Jesus' call in the Gospels to people. He uses those words, follow me. I googled it, and apparently in the Gospels, Jesus invites people to do that, using those two words, follow me, 28 times. So Jesus is the gate, he's listened to, and thirdly, he gives life in verse 9. Verse 9, he gives life. I'm the gate, whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. So the shepherd has come to give pasture to the sheep. So he's come to lead them somewhere where there's nice grass, and that is somewhere where they are spiritually nourished and healthy. And he has come, verse 10, have a look at me please, second half of verse 10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So not like these thieves and robbers who have come to steal, kill, destroy, actually to end life, shorten it spiritually. Actually, Jesus has come to give full life, long life, life into eternity, life at its best with him, nourished in pasture at its best. And life is this huge theme in John's gospel. And the author, John, actually said that he wrote this book, John, so that we may believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that by believing we may have life in his name. Spiritual life, eternal life, life to the full. And this is a life that the blind man has found. In some ways, it looks like his life's over on the outside. You know, he's been kicked out of the synagogue. 
a lot of his life seems over. But truly, he has found life. He's found life to the full. He has eternal life now with the good shepherd, life with Jesus. He knows that his life will be spiritually nourished and spiritually healthy with Jesus as his shepherd. And so to those here today who perhaps aren't quite sure yet what they say they make of Jesus, uh, aren't quite sure perhaps if they call themselves a Christian, still thinking things through, well, this is Jesus' invitation to you today. Follow me. Have another look at verse 9, please. Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. So Jesus invites us to enter into the flock by him, by the gate. And personally, I find this picture very true to how I became a Christian and how I came to believe in Jesus for myself. Um, So I've been brought up in a Christian home, gone to church every week. I can remember being about 11 or 12 and my mum asking me in the car one day, would you call yourself a Christian? And I said, well, I'd like to, but I'm not quite sure what that means or even what that looks like. See, it felt a bit like I was standing in this field. I could see this pen. I kind of wanted to be in it, but I didn't know where the gate was or even what the gate was. So I wanted to get in. I wanted to be a Christian, but I didn't quite know how. And you see, there are plenty of things that are not the gate to being a Christian. So actually going to church is not the way in. Personally, by the age of 11 or 12, I've probably been to close to 500 church services, but that was not the way in. I came from a Christian family, Christian school, Christian country, but that was not the way in. I was quite a nice boy, to be honest, a good boy at school, um, didn't really hurt anyone. But actually, my good behavior, being a nice guy, wasn't the way into the flock, And that was when I discovered that verse 9 is true. That when Jesus said, I am the gate, whoever enters through me will be saved. So that's when I discovered that the gate in is Jesus. He is the only gate. He is the only way into the flock. And for me, actually, I discovered this as an 11 or 12-year-old at Sunday school at my church. Reading through the Gospels like John... And discover what it was that Jesus said about himself, that he was God. About me, that I needed him and I needed his forgiveness. And that if I believed in him, he would give me life and life to the full. And so aged 11 or 12, I did that. I asked him into my life and it was the best decision I'd ever made. Uh, Will you enter in by the gate? And so for those of us here who have entered and who are Christians, actually today this is a call to believe and go on believing. So in the face of calls to go elsewhere, the calls to stop believing in Jesus, or even subtle calls to move on from the Jesus of the Bible, move on from this kind of Jesus in John chapter 10, actually today is a call to keep believing in Jesus It's always sad to hear of people who have 
once very keen Christians, perhaps uh, loyal teachers at Sunday school or very committed um, Bible students, leaders of home groups, actually hear about people who have drifted away, who have said that they've moved on to a more modern or organic faith. So it's not that we have a simplistic faith or even a simple faith. But So of course our faith becomes deeper and fuller, but it's never a faith that moves past Jesus. So the way into the Christian life is the way on in the Christian life. Believing in Jesus, listening to his words, and following him. And so, for the Christian here today, there's a wonderful cast iron assurance. With Jesus as your shepherd, you are safe. So there may be many voices in your life telling you to move away from him, move on from him, rethink him. But with Jesus as our shepherd, we have nothing to fear. He calls us to follow him. He promises to give us life to the full, life at its longest, life into eternity. And life at its best now, and a life that is spiritually nourished and healthy, and a life that's amazed at Jesus. So as we close, I guess this week, certainly this coming year, we will hear lots of voices calling us to follow them, to go this way or that. And Jesus wants us to know we will face people like these thieves and robbers, people who will want to call us away from Jesus. But we know who they are. They don't enter by the gate. They don't enter by Jesus. And so for us, the voice to follow this week, this coming year, is the voice of the shepherd and the gate, Jesus, who calls us to follow him and keep on following him. Shall we close in prayer? I have come that they may have a life and have it to the full. Father, thank you so much that Jesus came to give life. Father, pray that we would be those who know that life ourselves. Thank you for that. Thank you for that promise that we have life to the full, life to its longest. Please protect us from thieves and robbers, people who will want to pull us away from Jesus. Thank you so much that we have such a wonderful good shepherd. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.